I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with loads in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner, it's the climax to phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the sixth film in the Infinity Saga, as Iron Man, Captain America, the Hulk and Thor, fresh off their solo outings, team up to taint down Loki and the Chitari in 2012's The Avengers also known at various times in the UK as Avengers Assemble, Marvel Avengers Assemble, and Marvel's Avengers Assemble. While in the blue corner, can lightning strike twice for writer and director Joss Whedon as he follows up the success of Avengers with its sequel? No. No, it can't. A joke! But is the unloved sequel really that bad? And if so, what went wrong? The team face off against an AI threat topical in 2015's Avengers Age of Ultron. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people. So when we needed them, they could fight the battles that we never could. show you something beautiful everyone screaming for mercy you want to protect the world but you don't want it to change you're all puppets tangled in strings so it's a super-powered smackdown this week, but which film is better? Let's find out together. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. Does Mother know you weareth her drapes? I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. And welcome to part one of Avengers versus Age of Ultron. If you are new to the show, this is how it works. We'll be doing Avengers today and Age of Ultron on Thursday, at which point we won't declare which is the better film because we're doing all four Avengers films, which means next week Infinity War and Endgame are the clash, at which point on Thursday next week we will announce which is definitively the best Avengers film Epic. Yep. Mm, apart from that tune. 
Did you... It's rubbish, isn't it? Are you joking? No, yeah. I agree. I think yeah. it's rubbish. It's like we, we grew up with Superman and Indiana yeah. Jones and Star Wars. Yeah, it's like the B-side. And the Avengers but... generation get... Just what is it? It's just noise. Just noise. Just noise. Are <laughs> you joking? You that is can... rubbish. Yeah, it's rubbish. Uh, <laughs> right, wow. Okay, sure. Sure, it's rubbish. Yeah, the camera's circling the Avengers in a circle. That's no, that's a that's a scene visually. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, 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 good. Very, that's quite good. Yeah. <laughs> but is it as good if you take that score off it? Yes. No is the answer. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a rhetorical question. Okay. No, no is the answer. Right then, let's get into this. The clue from last week's show was Chris. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't. No, I can't. You said, we're going to do a quadrilogy. I did. And then this numb notes was like, what's a quadrilogy? (laughs) I said, we've done the Alien films, because that's the only thing I consider a quadrilogy. No, there's like six, seven Alien films. There is no... There's four Avengers films. (sighs) Quadrilogy. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a new word. Quinquennial. Do you want to know what that means? Five. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think you'd know that. <laughs> wow. It means every five years. Uh-huh. Cool. I believe. Cool. Yeah, I do. I do know that. Shit. Yeah. I also know what the Quinjet is. Do you? Do you? No. You've watched two movies with it in. <laughs> oh, I've had somebody yeah. called that. <laughs> is that the invisible ship? No, that's the heli carrier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Has that not got a name? Uh, I just said what it was called. It's the helicarrier. The other is the Quinjet. Oh, that one. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the big thing that yeah. looks like an aircraft character still, with I helicopter still... rotors. Oh, yeah. Helicarrier. Helicarrier. Still yeah. don't really know. Carry on anyway, please. Thanks very much. Uh, Chris, you followed that clue up on Twitter. Oh, well, I had to get specific, so I had uh, a, a hand clicking their fingers. Good. Why? Right, you haven't watched Infinity War in no, game yet? No, no. Okay. Well done. I watched them all in the space of two days. I wanted to. That was a mistake. No, it's is a mistake. It not good? Oh my god, it gets repetitive. Does it not feel? I immersive? worry these podcasts are going to get repetitive. If I'm honest. Okay. And then he fights him, and then she fights her, and then he and then fights the camera what? spins around in a circle, <laughs> and the action is amazing. And <laughs> right. Well, uh, the guesses assembled on our Twitter account, where we are at Clashpod, also on Instagram and TikTok at Clashpod. If you're in the business for a little extra clash of the visual variety, uh, do check out our. Clash of the Titles YouTube channel. Please do subscribe and help us grow the podcast. So, guess-wise, congrats to who got it right. And if you're not on the list, it means your guest came in too late. Uh, late, Ian Robson, Anna Morris, Gary Dunn, Robert Farley were all beaten this week by the man who can click his fingers fastest. It is one of the 237 Garys who listened to the show. Well done, Gary Bailey. Well done, Gary. Well done, Gary. Uh, your price, statistically, it's most likely to be a Gary. I'm or not going to lie. Who's, is it Andrew that always gets there first? Andrew Logan. He works early. Don't have that many Andrews. Got a lot of Garys. Yep. Got a lot of Garys. So your prize, Gary, is to weareth mother's drapes while eating some shawarma. <laughs> mm, delicious shawarma. All right, then. We're not doing the connection section, are we? No. I have not. Great. Uh, let's get into it then. On Thursday, Vicky is tasked with entering the Age of Ultron, which means today I'm saying, <laughs> goosebumps, Avengers, <laughs> assemble. Yeah. Let me take you on a journey. After mischievous tyke Loki is handed an army by the very naughty boy Thanos and the other character in that scene, he invades Earth with a plan to <laughs> rulers, basically. Sure. Probably do about as well as what we've got at the moment. Am I right? God, right. So right. So right. Political. (laughs) But not so fast, Loki. We've spent the last seven years developing origin stories of varying quality for a bunch (laughs) of superheroes. And they're forming a team to stop you. No. No, wait, they're not. They're, They're bickering. 
But now they're forming... Nope. Hold up. They've fallen out again. Wait, wait, wait. Agent Coulson's dead. Now they're forming a team because his trading cards were ruined. Time for some epic action, followed by the strange assumption that no one knows what shawarma is. <laughs> I know. It's so true. <laughs> and Finn. Post credits. Cultural again. ignorance. Unbelievable. <laughs> I've never wished my man. <laughs> now, I guess it had just got to New York. I guess. Do you think? But no, actually, no. It just got to that I white did, man. I didn't know what Schwarmer <laughs> like, was when I watched In this 2012. Film. I didn't 20- know what Schwarmer was. I'd never had it. Okay. Okay. I had a Schwarmer salad this week. Mm. Which decon- it's, just the, it's just it without the bread. Right. Yeah. I worked that out. Yeah. Out. Is everything going to be a test? Are you going to look at me like, I bet he doesn't know no, what a shawarma salad is? The bread all chopped up on the side, like a crouton. Sure. But I didn't. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, a, a Middle Eastern dish originating in the Ottoman Empire. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, we can both play that game. <laughs> See what I'm doing? We can both do it. Where will it end? Alex With one of us it. dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, my uh, Middle Eastern heritage. Exactly. Well, uh, shit. That's, that's why I said that. Thank you. Shit, shit, shit. Yeah. yeah. So. Sorry. It's all right. Apologies. It's, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. No, I, I'm fine. Honestly, I'm fine. You don't need to worry. I know. This is in your wheelhouse of things you think you might have to worry about. Don't worry about it. All right, then, let's do our individual histories with this movie. Chris. Just spent so much time writing about it. I bet. In my various jobs, all these films. It's like, I think this is the biggest film I ever covered in my entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, it became the third biggest movie of all time when it came out. But certainly, if you're working for a comic book website like IGN, we'd, we'd covered the shit out of all the films <laughs> leading up to this. This was the big moment. And I still think it's sort of maybe the biggest moment in cinema, in geek cinema of my lifetime. So, yeah, I, I mean, I watched it at the cinema. I don't remember that. I just remember all the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a big movie, though. I mean, I'll do me now. I'd, I'd followed the previous movies. I was excited about this. I was totally buying into the hype. And it didn't disappoint. It didn't disappoint when I saw it at the cinema. I was like, that's was brilliant. That was funny. I love, love Joss Whedon's writing as we discussed at length on the Serenity episode, the quippy, quippy stuff. I love it. We'll talk about Age of Ultron though because I don't love mm. that so much. But <laughs> here, it's just perfect. And weirdly, I haven't revisited it as much as Infinity War and Endgame. We'll leave that for next week. But this is about the fifth time I've seen it. V. I've seen it once. I wasn't in the country in 2012, so it wasn't at the pictures. So I, don't, I honestly just cannot for the life of me remember. But I have seen mm. it, and that is as much depth it's as weird, you're going to get. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. They just sort of all come at you, <laughs> these, these, these characters in these films. But, I mean, I think what we'll be interested to talk about is, I, I, I'm not sure if this is a film. Yeah. And the third and fourth ones, I'm not sure if they're... Age of Ultron, I'm pretty sure, is an actual film. Mm. I think that's the only difference. <laughs> and that'll be interesting to discuss as we get into it. Ooh, intriguing. Intriguing. And all I can hear is criticise, criticise, criticise. I mean, it's not a good one. <laughs> not so intriguing. Yeah. Not so intriguing. But it is a movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, then. Let me tell you a little bit about this film and try and set up where we were in 2012. We'll rewind to April 2006. Marvel Studios announced its first slate of tentpoles. Iron Man, directed by John Favreau. Captain America, written by David Self, who'd written Road to Perdition. Ant-Man, written and directed by Edgar Wright. Nick Fury, written by Andrew Marlowe of Air Force One fame and Thor, written by Mark Protezovic, uh, also The Incredible Hulk, written by Zach Penn. Then, Iron Man. They see an early cut of Iron Man and they're like, ooh, this is good. I think this is going to do the business. When it's released, it does. And they decide 
Avengers should be their goal. And so they throw out a couple of those tent poles and replace them with the movies that led up to this. So Iron Man hit screens in 2008. Huge hit. Which proved to Marvel, basically, that even though they'd sold off the rights to some of their more iconic characters... X-Men were at Fox, Spider-Man was at Sony, Fantastic Four was at Fox as well. They can still make their B-list characters into huge blockbusters because I'm not a comic book like aficionado. Iron Man is now part of the fabric of pop culture. Yes. And I had never heard of this character apart from odd things here and there in the press, like when Tom Cruise was mm. going to play him, maybe. And that, then... was, that was years, I remember. Mm. For years you'd read that Tom Cruise is going to be Iron Man. Would have been good Iron Man. He mm-hmm. would have been a great Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage, apparently, was Ooh. wanting to Ooh, play don't. Iron Man. Tease. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it proves that the Marvel model is going to work. And Iron Man becomes a half a billion dollar hit. Uh, their first self-produced movie. And so they start getting their ducks in a row with solo outings for Captain America, the first Avenger, the Incredible Hulk and Thor. Some are better than others. Uh, They all prove hits of varying sizes. And we also got a second, slightly lacklustre Iron Man film. And we've done some of them. Mm. We've done the Incredible Hulk for sure. We've done Iron Man. Yeah, we did. What did we do? You just buggered off. You You just buggered off. (laughs) We did it with the Rocketeer. Oh, yeah. What one? Iron Man. Yeah, there's only one Rocketeer. What? No, which one? One W O N. Which oh, yeah. film? Was? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a language question. This is, I mean, of the amount of stuff we've got to get through, it feels weird. How much of this episode has already been based on whether people know words and now pronunciation? Speak words we can all understand. Which one won? I think Iron Man won. I think it was victorious, but a lot of love for Rocketeer. We've done some Hulks. We've done done a Mm. few, actually. Yeah, there's going to be uh, some interesting stuff on Edward Norton coming up shortly. Mm. So basically, (laughs) what Marvel did was the right thing to do because when the Avengers came out, people wanted to see the Avengers because they'd seen these movies. DC went yeah, we can just do the Justice League. And as it turned out, no, you can't. (laughs) Or twice or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Three times, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You can do that. You've just got to do it well. You can do a bunch of disparate characters in a film. Guardians of the Galaxy is a good example. Sure, Sure. yeah. Um, But just do it. Do it well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So the Avengers is slated for a 2011 release. Zach Penn who'd done the script for The Incredible Hulk. is hired to write it in 2009. A couple of bits on the writing. Initially, he really wanted to reduce Thor's role in the film because he didn't think the character was going to work. Changed his mind when he saw Chris Hemsworth in the role. Uh, also, an early idea was to have Hugo Weaving's Red Skull from the first Avenger return as the villain alongside Loki, but that was scrapped. Fast forward to 2010. Pen hands in his script. Kevin Feige pictures the idea of directing this to Joss Whedon. Whedon said, Marvel were like, look, Loki's going to be the villain. He's going to get an army from space. We're going to have a big-ass battle in New York because this is Marvel and New York is Marvel's town. Joss Whedon said, you haven't lost me yet. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, There's some doozies uh, from Mr. Whedon. From all of his career. (laughs) Marvel uh, then, uh, sorry, Joss Whedon then reads Penn's script and says to Kevin Feige, you don't have a movie. I'm going to need to rewrite this from page one. His actual phrase was, pretend this draft never happened. Rude. So rude. 
Yeah. Uh, he did end up sharing a credit with Zach Penn, and in 2018's Oral History, uh, which I read, uh, he says about that, I started on square one on the script. I mean, straight up. I don't want to rag on it, but I fought for that credit. I was very upset about it. I know how the guild works, first guy on a movie and all that, but I never had good luck with arbitrations. Poor old Zach Penn, though. He had this shit on, on Last Action Hero as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Just, every, just everything gets stolen from Zach Penn. <laughs> he gets some money. He gets loads yeah. of money. <laughs> do you, uh, based on previous episodes and when we discussed this, do you quite like the fact that Zach Penn is a writer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I bet he's got a, someone uh, one Christmas. I bet's made a sign. I penned this. They've right. made him a little sign for his office. Sure, I bet. I bet sure. they have. I bet they have as well. Uh, Zach, uh, slightly more diplomatic about it. He says uh, we could have collaborated more, but that was not his choice. He wanted to do it his way, and I respect that. I mean, it's not like the Hulk where I got replaced with the lead actor. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in a movie. Great line. Good line, Zach. Uh, so, Whedon said his light bulb moment uh, when he came up with how he wanted to do this movie was he realised this was the Dirty Dozen. You're right, yes. Mm. Uh, he said the movie he references most emotionally, though, is Black Hawk Down. He said, mm. I wanted to show the toll of a few soldiers of being in battle for an entire day. It's a beautiful rendering of that, the toll of that constant pressure. And also, I listened to his commentary on the movie, and it's it, for him. It was all about a dysfunctional family as well, which I can see. Mm. And he said it's about characters who have no business being in the same movie. Mm. And he's, he's very good at all this stuff. I mean, I, I, what he does with balancing all these mm. disparate personalities, but also the fantasy of Thor with the tech mm. of Iron Man with the werewolf. I think he always refers to the. Hulk, he's like, I think he said at one point, I, I really respect people who do Hulk movies because he's a werewolf and you can try to... But not Zach Penn. <laughs> <laughs> not Zach Penn, though. <laughs> His script don't exist. But everyone else who's done one, respect. <laughs> I didn't think of that, yeah. <laughs> What's a liar? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of him writing uh, the movie, there was a period uh, Scarlett Johansson's contract was sorted out, um, sorted out quite late. So there was a moment where it didn't look like she was going to be in the Avengers. Uh, so Whedon wrote in uh, the Wasp character from Ant-Man and the Wasp and uh, looked at Zoe Deschanel to play that character. Uh, and there was another version where he was worried about Tom Hiddleston. Uh, he said that he didn't believe a British character actor was enough to take on Earth's mightiest heroes. And it felt like they were, we were rooting for the overdog. Uh, so I wrote a huge draft with Ezekiel Stain, Obadiah Stain's son, uh, which is Jeff Bridges in Iron Man's character. Uh, Kevin Veige said about this draft, it's so wrong, <laughs> but it's so good wrong. And we know we have our man. Yeah, and I did come out of this film thinking it needed a different, an, another did villain. Did you? Yes, oh, 100%. I love Loki in this. I do. I, I like Loki in this, but it felt like because you've got all these heroes, just to have it centred on this one villain who I quite like, and I don't know how even... It, it didn't... It, I feel like I needed someone nastier to get killed at the end. Yeah. Hmm. Sure, yeah, that's interesting, actually. It isn't a, there isn't a big villain death. No. It does feel like it might No, be. it's a lot of, you know, things flying through the air to get killed that you're not sure what they are. <laughs> <laughs> they are Leviathans, uh, but we can call them space worms, because... <laughs> Uh, right then, uh, Chris mentioned it, huge, $1.5 billion on a $225 million budget, third highest grossing movie ever at the time, now sits at the number 10 spot, in part due to its sequels, not the one we're talking about on Thursday. Shall we go through this movie?
All right. We see the other talking with Shh, Thanos. You've got such an exciting week next week. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> have, you, have you not seen the film? No. Oh. Did you not know? Yeah. I think you can have a treat. Yeah, I'm excited. They are good. They are yeah. good. Yeah. I've yeah, heard yeah, yeah. they're amazing. They are amazing. They're really good. They're really, really good. And also, the Guardians are in them, which just changes things up completely. The truth of it is, after this one, I just felt it ran away from me. Sure. So I didn't feel like I could get back into it without a serious time commitment. And, and there I will just... definitely be stuff you're like, what, who? Yeah. But you'll be fine. I think, yeah. This I think one does a got... lot of hand-holding. I've seen bits and bobs of all the other different origin stories. Sure. And this film, more so than the other one, does a lot of hand-holding for people like me, which I appreciate. Mm. Did you, had you seen before you watched Age of Ultron, I was thinking about this when I was doing my notes on Age of Ultron, um, had you seen The Winter Soldier? No. Okay. So the whole thing about S.H.I.E.L.D. collapsing, you were like, fine. Don't know. Yeah, yeah. don't right. know what that is. Wait till next year when we do the four. Okay. Winter Soldiers, is that right? The four Captain Americas. <laughs> oh God, is there four we'll, of them? We'll wait for the, well, there's three, we'll wait for the next one. Yeah. Is there another one? We'll do this yeah. again wow. in, in, in a couple of summers' time or whatever. The Brave New, Brave New World? It was going to be called New World Order, but I think they went... Mm. Uh, Nazis. <laughs> save it, save it for two years. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> Don't use up your banter now. <laughs> We've got enough banter to come on this. Uh, so, the other is talking with... Shh. Thanos. Okay. You've got a great week next week. Great. And uh, they're talking about their ally, Loki, and he's going to be sent to Earth with an army of Chitari to subjugate the humans. The humans, what can they do but burn? Good. Good line. So uh, Whedon, say, Whedon says, Thanos was never meant to be more than a cameo. Sometimes I think, am I the person who made them have Thanos? No, no, that is the answer. No, Kevin Feige might they, be. They already knew that they were going to have Thanos. <laughs> yeah. That's why you were allowed to put him in the movie, Josh. <laughs> and, he, and he said he pitched Ultron in his first meeting. Uh, for the first movie, for this movie. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, let's, let's save Ultron for Thursday. A lot to talk about with him as a villain. On choosing the Chitauri, Whedon said, uh, there'd been a bunch of alien races, but we specifically didn't want to use any of the canon. The Chitauri is a name that had been used, but they weren't like the Kree or the Skrulls, where you have a lot of backstory about the race, because it's an important part of Marvel, and we are off. They're shy. Who? The Chitauri. Uh, I mean, aren't they just sort of meant to be faceless? You start giving them too much personality, and you're like, oh, should we be killing this alien race? But it became, it became the, you know, the Marvel issue of you know the villains mm. not very good in marvel movies yes who's the who's the worst uh malekith malekith is mm. my is my least favorite yeah. definitely christopher eccleston i interviewed him for thor the dark world he didn't seem like he wanted to be there <laughs> i don't want to speak for him maybe he was just in a he funny movie he'd probably seen the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah poor old malekith uh so the shield facility Stellan Skarsgård is working on the Tesseract, which we now know contains the Space Infinity Stone. You're going to have a great week next week. <laughs> <laughs> but something's gone wrong. Nick Fury is all like, how bad is it? Do better. <laughs> Not allowed to talk to people like that when they work for you. You can't shower your staff, do better. I, I think I've seen this film three or four times now. I'm always lost. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I made some notes this time. I kind of got the hang of it. But it's just, it's a lot of nonsense, isn't it? Really? It, but again, they repeat the nonsense in a different way, which makes me feel not stupid. And I appreciate that. I understand that there's, I'm like, it's a portal. I, I understand that. That's all I know, though. I don't know anything else. 
a portal is open. Like, I mean, uh, this scene... He's throwing out gammas, though. Yeah. Throwing out some yeah. serious gammas. <laughs> doesn't, it, doesn't, doesn't it get called a she by Stellan Skarsgård? She d- he does call it a she. Yeah, and then it's I was like, well, that's a ship? <laughs> Why are you doing that? It's very Stargate, this moment. Yeah, yeah. Very Stargate. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. I love it. We're straight in. No messing. A lot of the chat, like Chris said, you don't really need to know. You just need to know something bad is happening. Yes. That's it. Uh, on there, his character. Uh, Jackson compares Nick Fury to Ordell Robbie in Jackie Brown. That's who he sees Nick Fury as similar to. Uh, he says, a nice guy to hang out with. You just don't want to cross him. <laughs> we meet Agent Coulson, uh, played by Clark Gregg, who on reading the script for this movie and realising his character's pivotal moment in actually forming the Avengers, he said it felt a little surreal, like somebody was playing a prank and this wasn't the real script. What's a sweetheart. Yeah. I like him a lot. I like Clark Gregg. <laughs> and we also mm. meet Kobe Smulders as Maria Hill, um, who Joss Whedon had once considered uh, to play Wonder Woman in his unmade live-action Wonder Woman film. Can see Great. that. Can see Great. that. Great. All right. Some nonsense about phase two prototypes that Fury wants shipped out. We'll come to that. So we meet Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. for all of three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joss Whedon said Marvel insisted I had to use Hawkeye. It is, it is strange, isn't it? And he wrote him into the script and he had absolutely nothing to do in the, in the first version that, that, of Joss Whedon's uh, script. And so... He, he said he had a normal introduction like the other characters and then I, I'd suddenly hit on this idea, oh, let's enslave him at the beginning of the film <laughs> and then he's got something to do. <laughs> yeah, but then he said Jeremy wasn't that happy. No. I've, got to be a, I've got to be a zombie for two-thirds <laughs> yeah. of this movie. And then I get bonked on the head and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that at the time. Renner was talking a lot about how he just had to walk around scowling. He did not, <laughs> but, did not like As Whedon said, he, he had no purpose and then suddenly he became integral to the story and the funny thing about that is that they're given the eyes to make it so you can see that they're slaves uh, that wasn't done on set that wasn't done and the actors didn't know about that they added all that afterwards because it was a bit confusing when certain people started turning yes. back yeah, okay. <laughs> and so all these eyes were done in post yeah. and no one knew about it until they watched the movie because <laughs> they can't act enslaved that's the problem wow wow yeah yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm one of the people who does really like Hawkeye. Joss Whedon says, like, in terms of the fact that... Because you do watch it and you go, these people have superpowers or really great tech mm. and it's two humans, one with a bow and arrow. Mm. Robin Hood. Um, but it's, he says you have them communicate with each other, which you see a lot more in the subsequent films, but certainly in the final battle here, you start to realise that they work as a, a unit. They're almost like yeah. one character working together. Which they've, is, they've assembled. Yeah. How he resolved it, and then he turns up. Tom Hiddleston as Loki, big big fan of him in this role. Yeah, so I was mm. always a bit wary of this because when Thor was around, when that was happening, mm. I read this interview with Tom Hiddleston, who was like this thing. Have I, I've gone on to you about this interview? You know, sometimes you remember something you've read it because it's so egregious, it's so awful that it stays with you forever. Mm. I didn't even see Thor. The interview was in a, I think, Saturday Guardian or whatever it was, and it's Tom Hiddleston. I know he's a very handsome, striking sort of young man at the time, and the tone of the interview well I was not so not even the subject just the words he was saying was he was too <laughs> Kenneth Branagh wanted him for Thor but he was too smart so Kenneth Branagh apparently said to him he's like a spoiled child where someone said you can't have that because you're too 
brilliant for this. <laughs> so you can have this other role, which is not as good. So the interview goes, Tom Hiddleston is like, yeah, I totally could have been Thor if I'd wanted to be, uh, even though, you know, I have got muscles and stuff. But Kenneth Branagh was like, no, there's a burning intelligence in you, which is more suited <laughs> to Loki. So that's what I'm doing right now. And it just, I've never read anything like it where you just like, you don't realise that you've just not been cast as this thing <laughs> because you're a weed compared to this man. He's meant to be a god. Look at him. <laughs> so I never wanted to see Tom Hiddleston do it because I was like, God, you dick. And then you see him like this and he's like, he's fantastic, obviously. Yeah, really good. Wow. So much intelligence. In mm. fact. It's just a burning <laughs> intelligence. So weird. Have you, have you never had that? I often get told. <laughs> You're too clever for this? I'm too smart to yeah. do certain jobs on TV. <laughs> yeah, right. it's agent speak. My agent always You're calls me. You're better than that. It's like almost every job my agent yeah. says I haven't got. He says yeah. I'm too smart for. You pitched your intelligence too high for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you made them feel ridiculous. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real thing. Uh, I've never been sure about the line, I come with glad tidings of a world made free. From what? Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of, it scans well, and then you're like... It's a world free from freedom. Yes. And then he says freedoms is, li- is life's great lie. He, mm. he, he says a lot of freedoms, basically. <laughs> yeah. I like I'm burdened by terrible purpose, though. I think that's fantastic. Mm. That is a good line. good line. He's all about slavery, though, and I do want Nick Fury to pipe up then. Sure. I feel like he, had, he would have strong things to say, Samuel <laughs> Jackson, about slavery. <laughs> and he doesn't in this scene. I'm like, that's a missed opportunity. It's very true, yeah. Well, instead we get a cool tunnel chase. Fury scarpers in a helicopter. They had to reshoot this scene so Fury clearly sees Agent Coulson running to safety because, as Whedon's daughter pointed out, it's like he's just left his friend to die, (laughs) which I guess maybe kind of works for the character. It's the mission, yeah. But that's what's funny about this is that um, Loki becomes sort of a hero in the MCU as we go forward. He got his own TV series where he is the main character. He's the protagonist and he's likeable in it yep. he kills a lot of people here a lot yep. of innocent people I think later they say 80 but over the course of the movie it's a lot more yeah. it's, it's funny that they've sort of retconned or they've, they've just told everyone just forget <laughs> forget that <laughs> he did that yeah. he's, not, he's not a different person but <laughs> just you are <laughs> The one good thing about it, though, is I think, because in this first scene, in this fight about the Tesseract, he does kill people. It immediately ages this film up because it could be a kid's movie. If he didn't actually kill anyone, he just put them all to sleep. You'd be like, I don't know if this movie is for me. If no one's going to die, if it's like the A-Team, then I'm not going to enjoy it as much. So I think it's quite important that you see him kill people. It it is a kid's film. It is (laughs) 100,000%. It's not not a kid's movie. I don't know what you're talking about. film for children. (laughs) Even if this is, next week's movies are not because there are some big themes in those. Uh Okay, I would be, a child shouldn't watch them. Okay. Okay. Have your children watched them? <laughs> they don't, but they love the event. They love all the merch, don't they? So we, when when I wasn't watching these films, I was because I was raising children, doing fucking Avengers jigsaw puzzles for about four years solidly. Yeah. The kids don't like Hawkeye either. They're just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what's his skill? And they're children, Alec. Right? He's <laughs> rubbish. So you seem to dodge the question. Have they seen it? Because you went, you went. They've played with the toys. Have you oh. not let them see these movies? I, well, I would. They could definitely watch these two. Yeah. I think they're it's too no, long. I, think no di- I think it's no different to Star Wars, which we watched when we were kids. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of genocide. <laughs> Lots of family-friendly genocide. Oh, my God. Uh, what planet is it? Uh, what's the planet that they blow up in? Alderaan. Star- Alderaan. It is Alderaan. That haunted my dreams as a kid because I, I was like, what if someone does that to Earth? I was so oh, young I <laughs> that I just was terrified that the planet might explode. So, yeah, okay, it's like Star Wars. Fine. Yeah. 
And on that note, uh, before we get back onto this huge movie and stop talking about Star Wars, <laughs> we'll take a quick break. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right then, love how that opening ends though. 11 minute pre-titles, Fury. He says, as of right now, we're at war. Coulson says, what do we do? Hold on Fury's concerned face and then... (laughs) (laughs) And the Avengers come up, that's what we do. The title tells us what we do. It's good Mm. to get the Avengers in. Yep. Oh, Get John Williams in. (laughs) It's a beautiful score. I, I love this score. Right, let's put the band together. We'll start uh, with S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Natasha Romanov, a.k.a. Black Widow. Uh, She was going to be played by Emily Blunt in Iron Man 2. Blunt auditioned. Marvel loved her. She was contracted to do the Jack Black comedy Gulliver's Travels. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, I remember that. It was announced and everything. Gutted. She didn't even want to do Gulliver's Travels. Oh, jeez. And and there still hasn't been a Gulliver's Travels 2. (laughs) And Scarlett's got loads of work out of this. She's got a little doll. Oh, man. No, there were loads of Gulliver's Travels. No, there weren't. She she would be so happy if she was still working on Gulliver's Travels Endgame. (laughs) 
<laughs> but no. So uh, they got Scarlett Johansson in. Um, although Emily Blunt was talked about as playing Sue Storm uh, next to John Krasinski's uh, Reed uh, Richards in the new Fantastic Four that's right. coming out. But I th- you're losing Vicky, mate. Yeah. Let's, get, let's focus. All right. let's I focus know who here. those people are. <laughs> sure. Just about. Uh, sure. What I'll say about this scene is on that commentary, Whedon said from his uh, script, this is the only scene that didn't change. Everything else changed while they were shooting. Whereas this is the one, not, not a moment or a line change. And he said that's basically because it's what I'm good at, mm-hmm. which is having a woman who mm-hmm. seems helpless <laughs> end up being the strongest, toughest person in the room. And he's had a career yeah. of doing that. He has, yeah. It's... Uh, it's great. It's the first of, I think I counted three, uh, Black Widow switcheroos right. in the movie. Mm. Where Some work better than others. Oh, I think they all work. Yes, the one the one with Loki is fucking terrible. Excuse my language. <laughs> oh my God, the one with Loki is incredible. Doesn't, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves, but yes. Uh, Johansson said, even though Iron Man 2 was one for them, mm. I'd never been involved in anything quite so big and physically driven. So I think she enjoyed it. There was, <coughs> there was also a six-picture deal. So, uh, <laughs> so who knows why? But, but yeah. Uh, so, uh, did you, never knew this weird bit of trivia. Uh, the guy who goes, she goes, this moron is giving me everything. And he goes, I don't give everything. Yeah. Uh, that is celebrated Polish film director, Jerzy Skolimowski. Okay. So there you go. What did he do? A lot of Polish movies. Which ones? Oh, well, there's that one. What's it called, V? Uh, Warsaw Call Him. There you go. Warsaw Call Him. Great. Very good. So she's off to recruit Bruce Banner, a.k.a. the Hulk. Uh, (laughs) Mark Ruffalo uh, replaced Edward Norton. Uh, (laughs) Can I do the quote? Can I do the quote? Sure, do the the quote. This is an incredible, incredible statement. This is the head of Marvel. Kevin Feige. I I checked three times (laughs) to make sure it was from him because he's the good guy, isn't he? But obviously it didn't work out with Edward Norton. And while they were shooting Captain America, they made the decision to replace Edward Norton with Mark Ruffalo. And Feige's quote was, our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, but instead rooted in the need for an actor who embodies the creativity and collaborative spirit of our other talented cast members. He then goes on in the same statement to list the names of those actors he goes robert chris h chrissy samuel scarlet and all of our talented cast right um his agent came back saying that statement was purposefully misleading to inappropriate attempt to paint our client in a negative light that's okay. his agent's job hmm? i mean it might be true but it's you don't often hear this stuff in public obviously it's happened with norton on, on a, a few times on several films but it just it was just people airing their dirty laundry in public <laughs> and it's gone on because they, norton keeps getting asked about it and he keep, he's been actually he's always quite diplomatic i think he yeah. seems like a nice guy i don't think he is okay. <laughs> and i told you about the time i met him when he did he gave me the finger no, you must have done by Yeah, either, when I walked in the room and I was, I was, I said hello to him and put my hand out and yeah. he, he was looking at his phone. And he just, he didn't acknowledge that oh, I was in the room, oh. and he kept me standing for at least twenty seconds <laughs> Oof, with his finger still in yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Freaking hell, man. <laughs> yeah, I remember the story from the Italian Job remake that was in the press where Mark Wahlberg had to go up to him and basically go, "Stop being a fucking dick <laughs> on this set because you're ruining this movie for everyone." Because Norton, he was contracted to do it by the studio and he didn't want to do it so he just started playing the character i think he started playing a character that wasn't written as gay quite quite camp okay um just because he knew it wasn't right for the character okay and um yeah mark was like what are you doing yeah anyhow 
that's another movie. Uh, Norton, yeah, you're right, he's been quite diplomatic. He said he didn't do it because uh, he wanted more diversity in his career and didn't want to be attached to one character. That was two years later. <laughs> uh, Ruffalo said, I'm a friend of Ed's. And yeah, that wasn't a great way for all that to go down. But I see this as Ed has bequeathed the part to me. This is Ruffalo. God, he's lovely. So kind. Yeah. So generous. What a nice man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I look at this role as my generation's Hamlet. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah. Are you lying? I, you, this is what happens when stuff is written down. Did he say it and go, Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. did he genuinely say it? Like no, that? it's your... It's your Generations Wolfman <laughs> or Frankenstein? <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yeah, yeah. there's a few. There's yeah. a few. Uh, he is definitely the best banner we've seen, though. What do you think of Mark Ruffalo in this? Well, I yes, but th- maybe that's damning with faint praise a little bit. Okay. I don't think, I don't know why I don't like Eric Banner for it. I just never did. And I don't like Edward Norton either. So there we go. <laughs> also, what about Bill Bixby? Yes. So sure, sure, I know. I've never watched the original Hulk. Have you not? No. No, it was, I don't. Wasn't was that it? Tea Time? Tea Time for you? Games Master. What? Yeah. It was on, no, it was on the weekends. It was on a Saturday at Tea Time. A-Team and Airwolf. I watched that. Yeah, it was part of that. I didn't see it. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it was interesting, though, doing, doing my research that uh, Downey... Says, yeah, was, I, I picked Ruffalo. He's my guy. Yeah. Whedon, yeah, I, 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 top of my shot, I, I picked, I picked Ruffalo. Right. Everyone's, ta- everyone, every ego on this film is taking credit for it. <laughs> yeah, um, he got a lot of praise. I will say, a lot of the reviews singled him out as just. I don't think because being the best banner, but just being so good in this movie. For me, that was that was the revelation. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I, I it was just because I'd not enjoyed the previous banners, yes. and to enjoy this one, it was so different. The bar was so low. He <laughs> 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 couldn't have it. But also the dialogue around him, like they they don't show the Hulk for so long into this movie, and we'll come to that moment. But it just builds up this idea of him being scary, the Hulk yeah. being something out of your. Nightmare. And yeah. they, they, they pitched him as super likable and super kind. And it was just it was just different to what had gone before. And it was like, oh, this makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the whole scene. Uh, we've got our second Black Widow switcheroo. Oh, I see. Yes, of uh, Which is where she's all cool. She says she's come alone. Then he goes, stop lying to me! <laughs> and you love a bit of face acting. How yep. good is her face? Her face is great! <laughs> Such great face but acting. But that's him doing a switcheroo as well. Sure. Because he's not angry. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's, that, te- he's testing her. I'm sorry, oh, that was yeah. me. Because she's like, stand down and all the troops around the hut. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, you little liar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he goes, I'm sorry, that was mean. Sorry about he's that. nice, nice guy, <laughs> nice guy. Uh, well, we get this little bit of fury chatting with the council, setting up, up, up them up for later when they are baddies. Mm. He shot that in uh, with them in light and then he reshot it with them in darkness. Mm. Uh, God, interesting. Right. From, a digit- from an online presentation perspective it makes no sense does it like, i mean get a ring no. light on you yeah, why are you in the <laughs> no, but, but, i can't see you but once you get to winter soldier you realize they're all evil oh mm. nice. yeah so so it okay. was i mean joss whedon sows a lot of seeds here for what what is to come but he does it in this movie not in age of ultron it he does it well with a, 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 a deft subtlety to it so you're not like because one of the problems with the previous six movies were there were just clunky scenes which popped up to go by the way mm. the avengers initiative is yeah. something that's happening and here you are setting up future things but you are doing it in a way that is integrated into the story so spoiler alert shield are evil right yeah. okay they're hydra fine they're the same thing 
Yes, yes but we don't it. know it at this point. Got it. Mm. It's yeah. well con- the whole thing is pretty well constructed. Yeah. Uh, also, nice to see Powers Booth and uh, Jenny Agatha oh. in the. Oh, yeah, it was oh. Jenny Agatha. God, I was like, yeah. who's that? Yes. That was one of the other most exciting things in this film. <laughs> it was Jenny fucking Agatha. I know. I was there. Was um, the, I do love Powers Booth, obviously. The, it was uh, the Railway Children Return. I hosted a screening of that. And at the last minute, Jenny Agatha couldn't make it. I was like, no! Oh, <laughs> the reason I said yes to this, <laughs> apart from the money. Uh, yeah. yeah, apart from the money. Uh, right, let's meet Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. Uh, he's the only one who gets flashbacks, uh, which on the one hand could be to let you know that he was frozen in the ice in that plane at the end of the first Avenger. Also, least watched of the prequels, so maybe it was case. just going, yeah. look, we know a lot of you didn't watch the first Avenger, so this is who he but, is. Yeah. But also, there are about ten minutes of scenes here of him being the man out of time and being confused. Yes. They, they, they shot, and they're, they're, you, can, you can watch them online, but... Whedon said no. We could that, that that was to show his isolation of the character. But we can actually, I can actually show that just by him punching a bag on his own. Hmm. I don't, I don't think that is the same thing. No, I'm like angry if anything. Just angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bored. He, he's angry because he's lonely. Yeah. yeah, he looks angry though. <laughs> he's on his own in the gym. Yeah. Sure. No, pu- punching the bag did the job. Because it's an old tiny bag. Those are just bags. He's also got a few of them, hasn't he? And why is he, car- why is he carrying it with him? Where's he going? To gym. It's his gym. Leave it. We will yeah. do that. I, for don't you. carry that everywhere. Also, I, me saying, me saying, no, those are what they look like. No idea. Never no. seen. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> never oh, been yeah, in a I gym. You. <laughs> oh, right then. Uh, it ends with him saying, uh, "Nick Fury lying. We want the Tesseract because it's a source of unlimited energy." Uh, Cap says you should have left it in the ocean. Cut to the ocean. Nice. Was it planned? That was not planned. Joss Whedon did not plan that. Really? But they were having to reassemble uh, scenes and m- pushing stuff around. And suddenly it was like, oh, hold on. I've just written that line. Yeah. This is how scripts come together. <laughs> and true, there's though. a scene in the ocean. The is, if you wrote that, though, you'd be like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I'll see you at my house. Interior house. Can't. Can't <laughs> no, do he that. He said it made him feel really clever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know that. So I was like, oh, he's good. He's it's good. not that good. It really was Avengers reassembled. No, it's, it's an enjoyable... Yeah, um, it makes you feel nice. Yeah. yeah. So we've got Tony Stark, a.k.a. Iron Man. He's making Stark Tower self-sufficient energy-wise, something, something, something. I like how his suit's removed, because obviously I've seen Infinity War and Endgame. You've got an exciting next week. Um, nanotech is how he does the suit in that, but here it's still taken off mechanically. Uh-huh. Good. So uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's there as Pepper Potts, dressed like Abercrombie and Fitch, threw up on her. She doesn't wear shoes for the entire film, <laughs> did you notice? When she pops up at uh, some point, she still hasn't got shoes on. Denim shorts. I'm guessing... Ice white top. She looks good. She looks great. I'm guessing Marvel Research said people like Gwyneth Paltrow's feet. Mm. I just find them as a couple. I know this. we really haven't got time for this. Literally fucking unbearable. <laughs> just unbearable. No one in any of these films that are meant to be like doing grown-up stuff has a single speck of chemistry between them at all mm. and these two are the worst offenders <laughs> we, we, Whedon didn't have her uh, in his script it was Downey Jr. that insisted right. and we're seeing a pattern here because <laughs> <laughs> Whedon then said no 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 I, I picked, her. I picked her and then Whedon said he, he was happy because it meant he got to do 10 minutes obviously well, it didn't end up in the film of, of Thin Man dialogue I've never seen the Thin Man movies everyone always talks about Thin Man and the, the dialogue it's it's these snappy back and forth yeah. 1930s 1940s yeah. and so that's what he thinks he's doing yes, here yes he does think that <laughs> <laughs> enough said <laughs> 
<laughs> Actually, no. We can say whatever we want about him now. We really can. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> it does He'll make come sense. Back. No, maybe he won't come back. Someone was saying to me, and you tell me, like he might not come back because some people do come back. They get uncancelled, but. The people in this community that love this sort of thing, and I count myself as a lover of it, but I'm not like die hard. Mm. They are all about inclusivity, diversity, you know, championing the underdog kind of thing. And he was their guy and now he's not. Mm. And so he's done. And I just, I wouldn't. But he's very good at it. So he'll probably will be back. Yeah. In a sneaky way. It's a weird one. It's, um, I think it's a time thing. I think he did. I can't remember if it was in Variety. He did a big interview about the whole thing about being cancelled, and a it was it was potentially too soon, Mm. and and b you just got that has to. I mean, who knows? But I think that has to be just so tonally right. And Mm. I I think he was still angry. And look, maybe he has his right to be angry. Who knows the the intricacies of exactly what happened? But perhaps when you're doing an interview like that, you, you just have to manage that a bit better and not yeah. come across as you like, can never. You're right. The timing was too soon, unrepentant. and there was a little bit of a tone that's like, "But look at what happened to me." And it's that's fair enough. Mm. But you, you do need a bit of distance before anyone really cares what happened to you. Sure. So yeah. But as I said at the start, I think he's uh, you know he's a great director, and his writing is just it's like he's just, it's for me it's just perfect. It's but we, perfect. we'll get to this in a minute because you just, like, let's, you just let's see if you say that on Thursday. Yeah, no. because right. there's so many of his quips on Thursday. You're just like, ugh, no. It's it. We'll do it on Thursday, but it's the fact that, that it's all quips. It's like, I, and I love quips, but you're waiting for characters to have a conversation yeah. and not just go pithy, pithy, pithy. But it's also the content. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this isn't how Downey had originally wanted the movie to start with him being uh, so far into it uh, when he's introduced. He actually said to Whedon, I need to be in the opening sequence. Don't know what you're thinking, but Tony needs to drive this thing. <laughs> Sit back down, please, Robert. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't in his defence said, let's try that. And Downey said, we tried it, it didn't work because this is a different sort of thing. Everybody's just an arm of the octopus. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. What a waste of money for your ego to be sated. <laughs> Sorry. Well, talking of uh, having your ego sated... £250,000 is what he got paid for, uh, dollars is what he got paid for Iron Man. Yep. Uh, l- lower than Terence Howard, the original Rhodes in that film, got for that movie. This, $50 million. And didn't he get a percentage At as well? At least. Well, I think that's including the percentage, but some people think it might be more. Basically, I don't understand. I guess he must have just done a one-off contract for Iron Man because his agent, CAA, just renegotiated it after yep. it made half a billion dollars. And his new one included 5% to 7% of Marvel's revenue from future movies. Yum, I will, yum, yum. I will say, and I think I said it when we did Iron Man, yeah. the most crackers thing about these films is that he is the highest paid actor and he's the only one that doesn't have to do any physic- anything yes, physical. Yes, I remember. I was yeah. obsessed with it when I was yeah, watching yeah. it. Like, he's played a blind. He's, sta- he's, stand- he's looking into a camera speaking. For 75% of the yeah. film. And sometimes yeah. he walks in a room and has a drink. What an easy gig that is. But <laughs> Whedon says those, um, those display shots where he's in the suit save like his action sequence. Because at any point, Downey Jr. can just go sit in that chair yeah. and reel off a billion lines to just make things more sparky. Explain yeah, something. Course, but, yeah. explaining. but it is easier <laughs> than, than what Thor is doing. <laughs> sure, sure. He, he has to hit the gym. Uh, yeah, Marvel, uh, Marvel. Uh, Chris Evans with Chris Evans, Jeremy Renner, Mark Ruffalo all got about uh, between two and three million dollars for Avengers. So around forty-seven million dollars less. Uh, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, Scott Johansson got twice that because they had multiple deals uh, with future movies. So, do you want to hear some other massive paydays? 
in I Hollywood. Yes, yeah. Johnny, have, have we got time? We have. Uh, uh, yep. Johnny Depp. I've really got to go. <laughs> Age of Ultron will be really quick. We've done most of it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp, two hundred fifty million for the four Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay. Uh, Michael Bay, this is a new one on me. Eighty million dollars for the first Transformers movie wow, as a director. That's insane. Eighty million. That's insane. <laughs> Especially when you go. I mean, The Rock's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Coulson turns up uh, to ask Stark for help. This is great. Uh, this might be the thin man dialogue you're talking about. I love his friendship with Pepper Potts, how it's hinted at here, like they have a relationship beyond this scene where she's like, Phil! Yeah. And Stark's like, his first name's Agent. Yeah. Good line. Uh, but also where she's talking about his ex, and he's like, yeah, she's gone back to Portland. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that because it... It gets picked up later, and it's great, okay. that conversation. Uh, he's a fanboy of Cap, mentions the trading cards, got a lot to say about them in a moment. Uh, we get a little hint of the Leviathan, the space worms, when the other and Loki are having a little chat. Then we're on to the heli character, uh, carrier. There's a guy on the bridge, never noticed. Uh, Agent Jasper Sitwell, obviously haven't watched this for a while. Turns out he works for Hydra. He's just there going 67%. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Played by uh, Maximiliano Hernandez. He's quite recognisable, though. Mm. When he showed up in, 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 was it Winter Soldier? Yes. Doing his stuff, I was like, yeah, I do recognise <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a shaved head. You've got to have a shaved head. Yeah. So let's have our heroes meet our villain. We're in Stuttgart, Germany. Loki looks cool in his civvies. Cool eye extraction scene. I love that. I wasn't Great. expecting that at all. Mm. Uh, he forces people to kneel. Uh, Hitler comparisons, I think, when the elderly... Oh, my God, that's the only fucking reason they've gone to Stuttgart. Right. They could no, have gone anywhere. A, and there was a lot more originally. Uh, they cut it all for budgetary reasons. There was a lot more of Captain America in Germany and Captain America tying it back to World War Two, And so Whedon said he does feel a bit uncomfortable with this scene, feeling like a bit of an outlier and is a bit too heavy-handed. But he thinks, and I agree, I think it works. But it, it did make more logical sense right. in his original script that it was all tying back to the Cap story. Well, before you can start thinking about whether it was appropriate or not, Iron Man arrives, blasting out Shoot to Thrill by ACDC. Pump those fists in the air. <laughs> it's cool. Mm. Has the Reindeer Games joke aged well? <laughs> That wasn't even funny then. <laughs> I was like, I can't remember that film. What's I, it? We're probably the only two people that saw it. Did you even see it? I've never seen Reindeer Games. I, I always, I know that it's it exists. Movie. So oh. I'm like, okay, Reindeer Games. But isn't it because he's got the massive horns as well? That's the connection because he looks like a sure. Reindeer. But he's saying Reindeer Games because it's the title of a film. Sure. It's okay. not a saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Is that the only time? I wondered if it was a thing. Like I just maybe had never heard it. Shit. But- maybe it is. I just thought he's making a Ben Affleck not two. <laughs> Thousand movies, stamps are done all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out stamps aren't done. Oh, yeah. Chris. I was, I was, turns out reindeer games is a saying. <laughs> I was right, it probably is. I was right, but I was also wrong. Um, I think it, stamps with the queen on are done. Are you fucking telling me that? <laughs> Maybe it's because they never let him join in any of their reindeer games. From... Oh, yeah. No, hold on. Of course it is. It's fucking, it's from the song. Yeah. Rudolph the Red-Nosed yeah, Reindeer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it is a thing. <laughs> stamps Shit, are uh, done. M- Mickey, <laughs> no. before we even finish this episode, just cut all that. Uh, <laughs> Eck them here. Let the whole world know. So Tony and Cat meet for the first time. They get Loki on the jet. Loki looks scared of thunderstorms. What's the matter? Scared of a little lightning. I'm not overly fond of what follows. And we get Thor. Thor turns up. Iron Man goes after him. 
Black Widow, let's do a great Cap line here. Black Widow says, I'd sit this one out, Cap. Those guys are from legend. They're basically gods. There's only one god, ma'am, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that. Okay. I didn't like that. <laughs> I like that. I just, well, I just found it, found, found it weird um, talking about God. But uh, then uh, looked it up. Joel, Joss Whedon said, I'm not an atheist. I wouldn't want to put that line in my script, but Captain America is definitely a God-fearing dude. He would he say is. that. And so I, I've crossed out what the fuck. But um, that's why it works. He said that Thor, uh, because he's the last to appear, has to have the best entrance. That's fair. And he yeah. really does get the best entrance, doesn't he? Yeah, and Iron Man fighting Thor, Kevin Feige was told, uh, told Whedon that this has to go in from the start. This is a must for Marvel. Don't touch me again. Don't take my stuff. <laughs> it's a bit dark. Can't really see what's going on. In also, I thought you meant thing. like tonally. No, yeah, I agree. Visually, it is hard. There's to a, there's what's going across on. these four films, there are certain sequences that where it's like obviously it's cheaper to do it in the dark because you don't have to show everything. <laughs> yeah. And this is one of those where like, I can't really make out what's going on, and I wish I could. Yeah, you have no idea what you're dealing with. Shakespeare in the Park, good, <laughs> clever, because the audience might be like, oh, it's was very a bit silly, silly. Yeah. and it gives the movie a self-awareness. It's like, we know, and we're making a joke about it, and Tony Stark in this scene is your voice. Yes. So it's very it's clever. It's perfect. And I think that was Whedon's line, and then he said then the Drapes line was Downey's line. Mm. I don't like the Drapes line. Not as good. Not as good. Uh, That's why he's the writer. <laughs> Uh, so they have a very evenly matched fight. <laughs> we are the same. You are not stronger than me. Yep. No one's stronger. Because kids would be like, Iron Man is stronger as proved by that fight. And they can't have that. Is that the reason? I think so. <laughs> it's definitely it is. It is. is it? You can't have your favourite hero be weaker than someone else's favourite hero. It's My really tricky, favorite. the thing they've got to... And that's why, unfortunately, I've had to go into actual interviews and ask them who's stronger. Who's stronger? <laughs> because people... People actually care. What a way to make it's a living. It's, it's, in the, it's the thing in the playground. Two kids. I'm Thor. I'm Iron Man. Well, it's proved in Avengers. Iron Man is stronger than Thor. Vice versa. I've served my. Other, I send other people to do it now. Yeah. Oh, that's nice to know. <laughs> it's like a, a rite of passage. Can you go and ask this person if he's stronger? Who win the fight? <laughs> Who win the fight? Vicky Relics. <laughs> has anyone ever? Vicky. Has, well, that's fact. Though. I'm not going to argue that. Look, look, I've got dense bones. So. Yeah, and she's practiced. Are you it's a bunch of and, and, and she's practiced. In many pub car parts. <laughs> yeah. well, one of us has fought in, in, the, in the last 10 years. The other has not. So, so yeah, I, I do not have the experience. <laughs> not for lack of trying, if I can be the, the frank. Oh, uh, we're back on the helicarrier. <laughs> Great line. Thor is talking about Loki. Mm. He's my brother. He killed 80 people in two days. He's adopted. It's a great line. It's a great line. <laughs> mm. uh, so Stark arrives on the bridge mid-conversation with Coulson. This is great because he goes, I'll fly you to Portland. Give love a chance. Oh, And yeah, he's referencing okay. the That's Pepper nice. conversation. Yeah. Good what, writing. Whatever. Get on with Good it. Writing. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Stark is great in, in this. His entrance onto the bridge, the arrogance calls Port Thor point break. <laughs> touches him, pats him, even though... Is that, Thor... is that a film reference? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared. No, no. it's a saying. It's, 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 it's a Christmas yeah. song. It's a Christmas yeah. saying. Yeah. Stamps are done. Uh, uh, how does Fury even see these monitors? He turns, sounds exhausting. It's just, it's this quippy, brilliant, 
Robert Downey Jr. I think he's got his writer Drew Pierce, who's on set with him. Uh, obviously, a writer and director, but I think Drew Pierce is often mm. on set with him. Certainly in the Iron Man films, and I imagine on this, just feeding him quips to use in these scenes, which just gives his performance this really in the moment spontaneous yeah. electricity. We're big fans of Drew Pierce, aren't mm. we? We've talked we talked about him on the Nice Guys episode. Mm. Um, but there is there is I do feel like the film sort of stops dead for a while. A couple of occasions where it's the quips are good, but it's a lot of conversation. Because everyone's got to have their conversation with someone else. And it's a strangely structured film, mm. isn't it? Where two, three big action scenes and then just talking for, for <laughs> half an hour in between. Yeah. Uh, the best line in it isn't even Downey Jr.'s, though, where uh, Fury goes, how did Loki manage to turn two of the sharpest men I know into his personal flying monkeys? And Thor goes, monkeys? I do not understand. <laughs> and Cap goes, I do! <laughs> I understood that reference! It's good. And funny enough, I do feel like the villains, the monsters at the end, are like the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Gallagher joke, yeah. that, wasn't, that wasn't in the film. Um, it, Whedon watched it back and said, that guy looks shifty, let's pretend he's playing Gallagher. <laughs> And that's how that ended up that's in. Vicky doesn't even know what we're talking that's about. It's a, it's a video game joke. Mm. Oh, right. Not an Oasis In this joke. sequence. Right. <laughs> uh, no, okay. You already mentioned this. Uh, this is Whedon's favourite scene that I think you don't like, which is the Black Widow interrogation of Loki scene, where she opens up about her relationship with Barton. It looks like Loki has upset her. Can you wipe out that much red? Sao Paulo, the hospital fire. This is my bargain, you mewling quim. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And also, the, the cinema erupted when he said, Mewling Quim. I bet Certainly, the people that knew what the word Quim means. Oh, yes. <laughs> How did they get it into a kids' movie? I don't know. Well, does, a, does a word just become so old that it's like, yeah, it's, it's now old enough that we can reintroduce it and use it as a swear? I suppose it does. Mm. Yeah. He's already acknowledged the monster, the Hulk. So she, he then says, "You bought the monster," mm. and 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 she says. Oh, I got you. <laughs> what? He's already said he 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 know he's aware of the monster. So I don't know what the the switcheroo is there. But for Alex. someone like me, she at some point she's like, I have a very special set of skills, and it's like yeah, I can see that. Yeah, we and, and also Liam Neeson's already fucking yeah, said that. Liam, you not, you can't say that. So is her special skill pretending to have a weakness, which makes people comfortable enough to reveal their plans? She's a spy. I right. Mean, that's the thing. I think Barton even says, Hawkeye says at one point, you know, I'm a soldier, but you're a spy. Should you even really be here in these fights? She's got right. another skill as well. <laughs> <laughs> Whistling. Whistling. She oh whistles. My God. She, uh... No, it's part of the, 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 the programme. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Mm. All right, fine. They sterilised her, man. Oh, God, we'll get there in a bit. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's crack on to... Uh, Hawkeye attacks because the next big scene. I mean, obviously, there's the great bit where they're really arguing. Banner grabs the spear, and you know, there's a funny moment where Captain America is saying to Tony Stark, "Put on the suit," as in, "I want to fight you." And Babies. then there's an explosion. He goes, "Put on the suit." It's, mm. it's good. And the the scene where um, Banner says he put a gun in his mouth. We've talked about that before because that was a deleted scene from. The Edward Norton Incredible Hulk. So right. it's canon now. Yeah. They deleted it from the movie, but at the end of the film, he went out into the Arctic and he went to shoot himself. He doesn't put it in his mouth. That He turns into the Hulk before he gets a chance to do it and yeah. he squishes the gun. It caused the avalanche. That's how they find Captain America. Mm-hmm. Oh, they cut nice. it all to sort of change okay. the film. But it's interesting that they are doing direct callbacks to the Edward Norton story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hulk's uh, voice 
the sounds he makes is a bit of Mark Ruffalo, uh, two people from New Zealand, a little bit of Christopher Boyce, the sound designer, and Lou Ferrino. Oh, Imagine that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Which two people from New Zealand? <laughs> he, didn't, he, he didn't say. He didn't say. Just Wikipedia. You just said were, two people were, from New Zealand. They were walking past the studio. <laughs> two Kiwis. Like, could you just pop in here for a second? <laughs> worked at Weta. What's going on? Uh, yeah, so I, this Hulk scene where he's chasing Natasha, obviously, as I said earlier, they've built him up to be scary. It is terrifying. It's like horror. It's like the most horror scene I've seen with the Hulk where he's chasing her and it's that shot and oh, she's yeah, in yeah. front t- of him. I'll tell you why because in the previous Hulk films he's always chasing and fighting villains. This is the first time he's chasing after someone that we care about and it completely changes the focus of the scene and you're like, oh maybe I don't want him to become the Hulk because yes. normally you want him to become the Hulk. Very true. The bit where he's about to slap her and probably break her neck and then Thor jumps in. It's like, oh my god, it's like a, a it's like a slasher movie. Yeah. It's great. And also this is the first time I believe they were using motion capture and so yeah, it, you are watching Mark Ruffalo's face and I think that does help. Especially he's a good actor. Yeah. Coulson is killed mm. by Loki. The team is scattered. Harry Dean Stanton finds Banner. I was just going to say about the Colson ending, it was Kevin Feige that said to Joss Whedon, you have to do this. Oh, really? And Joss Whedon said, I don't want to do it. Everyone hates me because I always kill off their favourite characters. (laughs) And Kevin Feige said, no, you have to do this. This is the idea. He's not really dead, though. He comes back. Does he? Yeah. Oh, spoiler, great. He's in Agent. Not in in our world. Not in next week's movies. All right. He's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV series. Okay, fine. If you really love Clark Gregg. I do, actually. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Stick that on for the kids. Uh, Right. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton finds Banner. Son, you've got a condition. Lovely, <laughs> lovely little line. So the DP of the film was working on the really, really good Harry Dean Stanton documentary. And Joss Whedon just said to him, can you ask <laughs> him? him. <laughs> and he said yes. And so he said he wrote, again, classic John Whedon, he wrote 10 pages of dialogue between Harry Dean Stanton and, uh, and Bruce Banner. And he said it was basically, I was putting a Coen Brothers film in the middle of the Avengers. Because <laughs> uh, he told me the idea of it being a kid. He just wanted a character to sort of see the humanity and not judge the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And so it is quite a sweet scene. But again, it was one of those weird moments in the cinema, Mewling Quim, Harry Dean Stanton, where everyone, it kind of takes you out of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Fury throws down Coulson's cards in front of Steve Rogers and Tony Stark. I'm going to come back to that in a bit. Um, Hawkeye, he's back. Natasha uh, says she's been compromised. Loki did get to her after all. She's got red in her ledger. She'd like to wipe it out. Oof. Endgame. Uh, so, the sterilisation bit. Isn't that in the next film? Yeah, it's in the next film. Is it? Yeah. yeah I've got a lot to say. Yeah, it's, oh, a, it's at Clint's house. It's Thank at God, because we are already not to New York. Um, <laughs> so uh, Stark works out Loki's going to use Stark Tower to open the portal. I uh, love the way his Mark 7 suit is attached to his body as he's falling. Oh, that's fun! Isn't I it? liked that! Cool action yes, sequence. that's good. Yeah. I think the trouble is, because with each progressive film this stuff's got cooler the, yeah. the, one, the older ones it's less cool yeah, you're like yeah. oh whatever <laughs> it, it, it yeah. looks positively retro <laughs> nanotech love it uh, so uh, there's one of the person you pissed off his name was Phil because at the start he goes his first name's Agent yeah uh, it comes oh, that's around. good. that's good and mm. um, we're in to the final battle so five acts he wrote this in apparently 
Yeah, there's a, a brilliant, it's in on the website Thrillist, uh, a brilliant oral history that just talks about uh, this final battle. I've got wow. a few choices. That doesn't sound brilliant. That sounds like <laughs> one of the most boring things. <laughs> 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 you, you, you can judge because I'm going to read it out verbatim for the next half hour. Uh, so, why do we get the Leviathans, the big space worms? Uh, Joss Whedon added them in because you can't have the Hulk go, I'm going to hit Sam Rockwell, who's in Iron Man 2, mm-hmm. uh, because he'll die, so we need space worms. Um, Sam Rockwell, who is my favourite actor, full stop, working today. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's a genius. Uh, he's mentioned that he would like to come back as Justin Hammer mm. into the MCU. And obviously he was down to the last three for Iron Man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you should listen to our Iron Man episode. It's very good. <laughs> but yeah, Sam Rockwell nearly got that, and that's why they remembered him and, and brought him on back for Iron Man 3. Uh, Two. So, uh, do, you want to, <laughs> do you want to know where the inspiration for how the space worms move? Is it from an actual crocodile? (laughs) No, it's whales mixed with the attack Fine. motions of sharks. Fine. Okay. Never care about that. Never care what v- what animal noises they use. <laughs> Don't care. Unless it's Welker. Couldn't give a shit. Caveat, unless it's Welker. Um, the major beats uh, in this Avengers final battle in New York, they were all mapped out I, in the script. Right, we, yeah. We sure, talked that's... about how some writers just write... Great car chase here. Yeah, yeah. Joss Whedon maps out the action. I think you can tell. I think it's very impressive. The gags as well, yeah. and the beats in it. Because you can like get you lost. Said. It's just, ah, CGI nightmare. Swirly, mm. swirly, swirly. But he's just unbelievably good at going, geography, this person's yes. here, this and, person's and, here. And arcs, giving everyone an arc. Everyone's got a tiny and, little and, thing to and do. Yeah. learning about character through physical action. actions. Yep. Amazing. Yeah, uh, Whedon says, I love to write action. I love to be specific about gags. I love to say, okay, this is what I have to work with. And, and one thing I really liked uh, with something we talked about in the Gladiator episode is, is when that film gets really good is when Maximus starts ordering other slaves around yeah. like he's the general that he is. Yeah. And Cap gets that moment here and I was yes. like oh this I, this should be in every film someone <laughs> taking fucking charge and just ordering one around because I love watching it <laughs> I mean the, the bit with uh, Cap and uh, the police officers yeah it's uh, fantastic Whedon said when I write a script I'm interested in the truth that everybody experiences we put in shots of police and army and regular Joes just to make sure that we understood other people are getting it done too I can't deal with the sort of fascist aspect of superheroes where it's like only I can fix this yeah and that's the cap and cop scene where he's not just saying don't do your job we'll do it he's saying here's what we need you to do while we do this agreed yeah 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 they, they won't take orders from them. they see and they're like oh shit mm. but also i mean you have to have those scenes because they've got to rescue people on the ground because you've got to give a human face to this yeah mm. uh, <laughs> i've always loved the the uh, the tony stark line i'm bringing the party to you how is that a party? It's just, it's one of my favourite gags in the whole Battle of New York. Um, and also, Joss Whedon loves the line, that's my secret, I'm always angry. They, that got mm-hmm. a big reaction as well in the cinema. I do remember these moments. Um, I, I, I never 100% understand it. I don't think it... Does I it get, make sense? I totally get it. You'd see it on paper. Does like, it make sense? Awesome. I can explain. He's always angry, so but he's nice. controlling it. I can yeah. explain to you, because Joss Whedon's What's got an explanation. He says, uh, that was a really important moment for me because it felt true. You accept your anger, then you can control it, and then he's not in as much danger unless there's a crisis of turning into the Hulk, is his explanation. Okay. He also says, then about four months after the movie came out, I was like, oh my God, I was writing about me. Oh. Mm. Uh, 
the circle scene, the one we started talking about. It's the hero shot. Uh, The amount of working out Joss Whedon does to explain why those heroes are actually standing in a circle, why it makes sense in terms of the battle, the fact that the Chitauri are on the buildings, the fact that Hulk... Like punches out the worm and it goes down and they, they all take off their masks and do the war cry mm-hmm. and that's why they're surrounded it's like an amphitheatre and yeah. so that's why he put them in a circle I can't imagine how hard that is I know it's, it's, it, it does my head in it's thinking about it it's a different level it. of skill to mm. be honest and, yeah. and, and you know he said he's gutted that he just he, he keeps saying I will not make and maybe he won't anymore I will not make an ensemble movie and yet he he's made he made three ensemble movies in a row and it's it just the brain power it takes mm. to to, to control where everyone is what they're doing what they're holding it's does my head in and obviously the line at the end of the circle shot and hulk smash (laughs) good great stuff one for the kids Uh, he does say the only thing that they didn't use uh, that he shot uh, the stuff that really wasn't useful i shot for about probably three days in both films uh tracking civilians because I was like, these guys have superpowers. They're the Avengers. Nobody's going to worry about them. The audience is going to want to know these civilians better. And the answer was always like, no, they don't. No, they fucking don't. No, sure. <laughs> but I understand why you did it. Sure. As I said earlier, like, it, it, I can see why you want that as insurance. But yeah, we don't give a, we don't give a toss. Uh, his storyboard artist questioned him about the uh, Thor getting punched by the Hulk scene. He says, he, uh, she said to him, are you sure you want to do that? Uh, Whedon said, I'm always going to go for the cheap joke. <laughs> Iconic moment, though. Definitely. Iconic moment. Uh, puny God, uh, where Loki gets thrown about in a cartoonish fashion, more cartoonish than any of the other action in the movie. He literally went for very cartoony thing, mm-hmm. and you sort of see the way his body yep. like bends and flies around. Uh, he said, that was the only fight I had uh, on in terms of what he wanted to do. He said there was a bit of pushback on that. There were some really, really strong objections. But they weren't coming from Kevin Feige, so I didn't have to worry. <laughs> and finally, the nuke scene. Mm. So the council sends the nuke kid, and you're thinking, oh, that's a bit weird. But then you know afterwards, oh, no, they were all evil anyway. Oh, I see. Yeah, they were yeah. baddies doing that. But they, it seems quite a bad thing to do anyway. Like I know it's presented as like, well, just faceless bureaucrats doing what's got to be done. But everybody else, your linchpin—it's the greater great good, Vicky. Yeah, I the think greater good. But your linchpin characters are like, this is obviously bad. So, uh, two reasons why Whedon did it. Uh, uh, there was a discussion around it. It was like, has this been done? Uh, I think it has. On the other hand, does it make sense? It's like, yeah, you need the stakes to suddenly become crazy. You've already had space worms, so <laughs> how can you make things worse? I know what makes things worse: human beings every fucking time. It's definitely been done in a better superhero movie than this. Is it a Superman movie? Yeah. It's the first Superman movie. I remember that scene where yeah. he catches the nuke. It's really yeah, well done. Sends it as up well. into space. Mm. Yeah. It's been <laughs> Yeah, and also it should it should have uh, it, it, it's how Age of Ultron should have ended as well with that the thing going. We'll do it on Thursday. Uh, so the other thing that it did was give Fury some action and show that he was still part of the fight where he runs out on the deck with the rocket launcher. And and it's important for Tony Stark's arc because his arc is selfish, selfless by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and then we're pretty much done. Uh, we've got the shawarma scene, which was filmed after the premiere and added in at the 11th hour, which uh, once they decided on the um, the payoff in their credits where they're just sitting around eating shawarma. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you know what shawarma is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> eating eating shawarma. Um, 
they added in a shawarma stand. So behind Tony Stark earlier in the fight, yeah. they put in a shawarma stand. So it's like that's why he knows there's one a few blocks away. And okay. a shawarma didn't need uh, shop. it. <laughs> 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 he said it. He referenced it earlier. Which this He's already obsessed already with it. costs two hundred twenty-five million dollars. Imagine writing the business case. I just need a little bit extra. What for? For just a shawarma stand. <laughs> So the guy, the guy, shawarma, the guy that asked about shawarma earlier, they're at shawarma now. But how have they? How would he how find would they one? Possibly not. How would he find one? What in New York? Yeah, you're right. In New York City, there isn't one. It's where it's where the camera's spinning around them in the big hero shot. It's like Cap, Hulk, Black Widow, a shawarma stand. I'm. It's one of the team. That's one of those scenes as well, though. The shawarma scene is when uh, Chris Evans is covering his face with his hand because he's got a beard. Yeah, oh, he's right. done. Someone okay. a movie with a beard. Right. If you watch it, you're like, why is he not eating? Yeah. And he's just sort of shaking the whole thing his face. That's like, silly. He doesn't like shawarma. <laughs> it's not for everyone. It's, it's not American. No, it's not American. It's, it's not, not American. bland enough for Captain America. Uh, and we're out. Uh, any more for any more? No. No, my friend. Okay, no. dokey. Let's do the bits. What is the best scene in this movie, Avengers for you, V? Agent Coulson dies. Okay. Yeah, that's my favourite scene. I love him, so and I wasn't expecting him to die, even though I've seen it before. <laughs> so I liked it. Okay, that's it. Chris, uh, Hulk smash Loki. Really? Oh my god! I laughed so much in the cinema because I didn't see it coming, but it was and it was so fast. It's but it's about he's meant to be your big bad, and then he's just flung around like a doll. It's <laughs> I don't know. But Hulk is the biggest, most powerful thing. Yes. And it is very funny. All right. It was just fun. Yeah. It yeah. Just, you don't see it coming. And as we were saying, visually, it's over so fast. It's just so at odds with all the other action, which is done for realism, mm-hmm. written in inverted commas. But yes. that, that is just like the, t- just the comic timing is very good there. Mm. Yeah. Out. Uh, it is, well, I mean, I, I personally picked the whole battle of New York, but if I had to break it down, uh, <laughs> probably when, I don't know if we've talked about the Alan Silvestri score, uh, when that kicks in and they're in a circle. Can stinks. you sing it again? Goosebumps. Stinks. Okay, what's your most valuable whatever in this movie? Can be anything, Chris. Gosh, it's hard because we've got four films to do and there's so many people. I am going to go with Joss Whedon because I think this was him that made... I think this was a very tough undertaking and I think he's the one that made this work. Definitely not Zach Penn. So, uh, just pr- 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 sorry, pretend that draft didn't exist. I nearly changed mine based on someone who wasn't mentioned today, but I'll save it. All right. Okay, uh, V? It's almost Chris Hemsworth because I love him mm. uh, because th- it's a trap. This script is a trap for an actor. Like, you are ridiculous. You say ridiculous <laughs> things. You look fucking incredible, but you say stupid shit all the way through it. Yep. And he pulls it off, and I think that's amazing. But it's actually Joss Whedon also. The script is good. The action is good. It's Like I said, it's a next level of a skill set to turn these CGI swamps mm. into things that you can, A, understand, which sometimes is really tricky, and also care about. So, And, and it's I don't think it's a film. Yeah. But it's... It's very watchable. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you think it's I a film? I don't know. It just doesn't have a beginning, a middle and an end. And it's just it's just three action scenes and two conversations. And that's it yeah. in the middle. Perfect cinema. <laughs> Perfect cinema. That's all I want to write. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, well, um, uh, <laughs> I've literally written this down. So you two are going to love it. Special mention for Alan Silvestri's score. Great. Yep. Uh, 
I also love Joss Whedon, uh, but I'm going to give it to someone different. Um, uh, it's the person I don't think this movie would be the same without, and that is Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I think the asides and the gags he delivered, as I mentioned, some of them come up on the spot between him and Drew Pearce. It just adds something extra into every scene he's in, uh, coupled with, obviously, the charisma he has as an actor. Um, I think, you know, uh, after he decides... Let's keep it vague because you haven't seen them. But he, he's he's absent in the, the phase after Endgame. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think the whole MCU has suffered as a result of him deciding oh, not to guess be. Guess what happens? No. No. I think I already know. Okay, fine. <laughs> you know. Right, fine. Fuck it. I I, look, I, like you're going to care anyway. Died. Just say Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. I'm not going to care. Yeah. I just think, but after he after he's gone... The MCU is not the same place. Uh-huh. I, it's, I mean, there are millions of reasons, a lack of cohesion between, you know, the movies in Phase 4, but, geez, like, he is missed. Uh, so, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. for me. What would you change, V? Uh, so the music in the key fight, I'd change that. I'm not even joking. Look, get John Williams. Check, check get John notes. Williams on board. I, you know that uh, Star Trek movie that I love, but I hate when they're like, it's the Beastie Boys thing, makes the ship recalibrate. Star Trek like, Beyond, yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's piss poor script jail for you, right? But... <laughs> A bit of pop music throughout this because you do have ACDC early and you're like, yeah, all right then. I just think a silly pop song. Not, I mean, I know the Beastie Boys isn't a pop yeah, song, a rock but you know song, what I mean. Shampoo, shampoo Trouble. <laughs> just Uh-oh, would be we're really in trouble. And it fits with Joss Whedon's whole oeuvre, oeuvre, if you will. Mm. We would have accepted pick, pick it. one. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just get oh, it twice. O E U V R E. I'm from Blackburn. That is beyond me, but I right. know what it means. Yep. Uh, my real one, though, is what's that big ship called? The helicarrier. The helical. <laughs> that big ship. Yeah, sure. Spend too long on that big ship. It's boring. Yes. Get off the big ship quicker. It's not a film. No. <laughs> That's it. It was in costumes talking for half yeah, an hour. On a big ship. Very much is a film. It's, a, it's definitely a film. Chris, what would you change other than make it a film? Uh, I want a post credit scene where we see Nick Fury fully orchestrate <laughs> Agent Coulson's death. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. he manipulates everyone with the baseball cards, mm. but he doesn't make the death happen. I think it would be awesome if he actually made the death happen. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, he's the one that helps bring him back to life in the TV show, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. So maybe if he knew he was going to do that, it doesn't make him a baddie, but it would be cool to know that he's like, no, no, don't go in that room. <laughs> uh, Phil's got this one sorted. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's like, I, I really don't. He's like, you do, get in there. <laughs> I'll see you. <laughs> somewhere in time yeah. but, but not on a cinema screen <laughs> much smaller screen much smaller screen and uh, that's interesting because mine is related to that scene and I, my change is that I never liked it I always thought it was overkill Nick Fury tossing Agent Coulson's bloody Captain America trading cards on the table it's like his, his death should be enough to motivate them without the bloody cards also, as I think Kobe Smulders says, uh, they were in his locker, not his personal, which immediately conjures up the image of Nick Fury going in his locker, getting the trading cards out, no. finding his still warm yeah. corpse. Yeah, that's a big cult. That's um, a big character moment for Fury, though, to know that he would go to that those lengths mm. to manipulate these people. That's what I'm saying. I'm, ta- I'm saying take it one level further. Sure. sure. Interesting changes, and we are done with the first movie 
of the Avengers quadrilogy. So, uh, next week, uh, you know what the films are. We're doing Infinity War and we're doing Endgame. No clue then for that. We are back on Thursday talking Age of Ultron and seeing not which film will be victorious because, as I said, Infinity War and Endgame are next week. In the meantime, please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod. Do it now! We'll be back on Thursday talking Age of Ultron. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.